0: You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener-supported radio. I'm back. Back in New York. I'm back. Brian. Back New York. Scott. What
1: what? Why? I know why I laughed. I was so curious what the tone of your Brian was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> given the result you know i wasn't sure i was curious what year and then uh, i'm not sure what i read into it but i'll, I'll let you go
0: what is <laughs> what what was your takeaway i want i want to know how you read it
1: well yeah like i wasn't sure if you were gonna start with like a gloomy you know or or it sounded like determined that's what i heard it sounded like
0: uh yeah you
1: know took in a punch but proud
0: yeah, I think it was I th- if I had to describe my own tone, I think it would be uh this is, we're we're here for business.
1: Right. Uh, the, all right that's a, that's the proper I think that's the appropriate emotion.
0: Yeah, right. We don't have any time for foolishness anymore, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> now, now is the time for action.
1: Right. Right, this is serious.
0: Oh, it's We're uh, in a
1: fight. And we took a punch, but we're in a fight. Yeah. And I'm excited about it.
0: I me too. Look, I hope, you know, look, I, I, well, I'm a little shook. I'm not going to lie. I'm not yeah. down. I'm shook. And right. what I want to say is, is that there's absolutely no way that this team doesn't respond to that loss with a ferocity. Yeah. But I guess what worries me is I never in a million years, if you would have said, t- if you would have asked me, what are like the three things you think could go wrong in game one. It never would have even occurred to me that Randall wouldn't play well. Right. I would have never said that. Never.
1: Yeah, and never that bad. Like, he would be dreadful.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, uh, that has me a little shook. And it was also, it's just, well, let's get into it. Like, what what do you attribute Randall's game to? I don't know. Well, I'm going to back
1: up. So, like, I feel like, I, cause I feel two minds of the, of the game. Like, um, it hurt. It really hurt. Oh yeah. And, and it was gutting. And by the end, the, end, the Trey young, the shushing us. And I mean, it was just an awful feeling. I was, I haven't been sitting there that angry and unhappy in my own home in a long time. Right. Just, <laughs> right. I am, this feels terrible. Right. Dirt. But there was part of me, There were moments of that game that had me, was making me think of, you ever, you know, the movie grumpy old men.
0: Of course.
1: You know, the scene where the two, where Jack lemon and Walter Matthau go in and see Ozzie Davis after he's been on the date with, Aunt Margaret, yes, yes, and he's telling them about it, and he's like, She makes me feel a lot. You know, there, <laughs> of me, there were moments of that game where it was like it was like being reborn, yeah. The garden was on fire, yeah. I mean, it was just like, We, you know, I haven't heard a crowd like that. I mean, it just had me realizing I haven't watched a big sporting event that I cared about. In years. Yeah, yeah. Years. Yeah. Like, not since the 2011 Super Bowl have I watched a, a sporting event that had any intensity. S- right. It's of, a, For a team, anyway. Like, and, and so just, like, the crowd and the team and, like, we came out. I love this team. And we played well. And things went wrong. But we were right there. You right. Know, and it was just, God, there was just part of me that was like, I'm alive. Right. <laughs> right that is but so true the the ferocity with which that emotion was erased was just like <laughs> ah! oh the pain oh right this pain and agony i like oh i hate trey young somebody kill him somebody come out there and strangle him so that was like my first reaction to the game you know was just that like Oh man, where we are back, you
0: know. Yeah. Oh, right. So true, and, and and right. Like just emotion pouring coursing through my veins. It is. It's like getting into like a real fight. Right. And then whether you win or lose, like I know Tony Soprano won the fight, but you know, uh, when uh w- after Tony got shot by Junior, and then he has to send a message to everybody that he's <laughs> like back, and. Yes. And he fights that kid and he, like the in the bathroom guy. and he's just like, look at it. It's just like, oh God, that was brutal. <laughs> Vomiting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or after he fights Bobby or whatever, right. where no matter what you think of like, you know, fight it, whatever, like win or lose, sometimes at the end of it, you're just like, oh, that was brutal. Oh, man,
1: what was that? Yeah. yeah. put it
0: all on the line. Right? Yeah, you put it all on the line and we had it all on the line. I mean, raw emotion was out there.
1: And it was, I mean, there's just that part that's, like, as disappointing as it was. Two days later, there is still the lingering, like, oh, man. Right. The the part of me that feels good is that it was, like, the Hawks are good. You know, any Knicks fan, and people keep saying this, that, like, Knicks fans thought this was good. I don't think there were that many fans that really, I mean, there's idiots always. But I don't think there's that many people that really were, like, this is going to be easy. We're going to kick this team's butt. Right. It was, like, what was encouraging is this Hawks team is very good we are the four seed in the Eastern conference playoffs and we belonged like we yeah. are that good. You know, yeah. we are a real playoff team, whatever happens here. I think we're a good team, but so to I guess to get back to the Randall stuff, I do think Randall was tight and it was really interesting because there was a uh, what's her name Rebecca Harlow was like early in the game was saying how she talked to Randall and he was like said made a point of saying that he wasn't nervous <laughs> and he just was excited sort of and Clyde was like yeah, that he can say whatever he wants that's rhetoric he say yeah yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, and you could see it he you know this is look this first game as the man I think the Knicks even I think the crowd as, as much as it helped the Knicks it was I think it was jarring at first it's yeah. like whoa
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there was also too, like, I was re-watched, I rewatched the first half uh today. I didn't have time to do the whole game, but um, you know, the, the first few shots, like, Randall hit his first three actually. Right. But then RJ takes a three, Bullock takes a three, and you just feel the crowd is just Like so ready to just go, and then they miss and they're like, ah! and Ah. I can just like after a couple of those, I bet if you're a Nick, it's like, God, I got to make this one because I got to just let these people, these 15,000 people just release their energy at least once so that we can like move on from this part of it. Right, and of was, this tension,
1: yeah, at least this early anxiety that we're all feeling. We're right, have been. No one's been in this position. The fans haven't. No one. Everybody is new to this. Suddenly, I, I, I do think a lot of it was nerves for, for Julius.
0: What was, what was your level of nerves? Were you rattled when those early threes weren't going down? I, you know, I mean, you
1: and I talked offline about this, but like, you know, and we can get into this more, but like the Peyton thing. Which I think we both agreed kind of going in, like, how, you know, how can you bench, how can how can you make this change game one of the playoffs, you know, like, are you really not going to start Alfred Payton? He started all year. And, you know, Tibbs, obviously, it was like four minutes in the game. He's like, all right, Derrick Rose got to get in there. And, and I was like, how immediately that felt like, oh, God, <laughs> abort. That yeah. was a terrible idea. This was a, that was so silly. Right. No, yeah, it can't. Only good players can play. Like you can't, this, we cannot be doing this. So, but I don't know. I I wasn't like totally rattled by the start, even though we were, it was, you know, we we stayed in it. And I kind of felt like stay in it in the first half. And then I I felt, you know, like when we got to halftime, I felt really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I was shook in the, with the early misses. I was just like, ah. Like And, you know, because I really felt like that was the opportunity, you know, in an MSG crowd, they're going to get involved and they're going to get involved in a positive way, you know, at at some point in the night, like they're not just going to like give up on the team after a few bad shots, but it was, it just felt like. God, we gotta capitalize on it because what happened was that the crowd became a factor both ways early because it was pressure for us. Whereas if we hit a couple of those early shots, then it's just momentum all the way, and it's only bad for them.
1: Right. It could have. We could have won the game probably with an early like barrage. Yeah. If, you know, just gotten it rolled the ball rolling. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I think. You know, one thing that's interesting, like they are an interesting team they, they like they just have so many good players they they're one of these teams that doesn't have enough great players um you know in some ways not too dissimilar to us right we have a right. lot of good players and we only have one
0: star <laughs> i was actually going to ask which team you're talking about when right. you said that yeah
1: right i mean similar But they throw a lot at you and you know we've become a deep team like as this year has gone on yeah we throw a lot of good players your way um so i don't know you know it was a great game And, like, I don't feel, you know, I'm excited. I think (laughs) I didn't leave despondent. You know, the next day I felt really bad. But here we are two days later, like, ready for game two.
0: Yeah, very ready for game two. Very ready for game two. So, what, let's say Trey doesn't hit the floater, right? And and somehow we pull the game off. Well, let's say, you know, he doesn't hit the floater. And then, uh, uh, you know, Randall hits the game winner right, let's just say, what's the, what's, what are the big takeaways that, like, what changes about, you know, obviously then we're up one nothing. obviously that's the change, but like, you know, because now the story is Trey Young all the way, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff where it's like, you really kind of have to dig to figure it out, like, because we were right there with them, it's crazy, it just felt like a lot of the air, people, like, I don't know, I the reaction to that game, all being all about Trey Young, I get it because that's the easy narrative and that's the highlight clip that that you can play. But would it have been Burks as the story? Would it have been the the Knicks being able to win without Randall? Uh, would it have been about us winning close games? Um, you know, what do you think would have been the story coming out of it had 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 it just like really two shots changed?
1: Yeah, I mean I think the Knicks surviving that effort from Randall would have been the kind of the the key takeaway. Yeah. I think the rookies, the Knicks rookies playing so well was yeah. super fun and super encouraging. Yeah. Um, you know, RJ played his usual game where he slow starred and then he was great in the third quarter. Yeah. Thought they went away from him in the in the fourth quarter in a, in a way that was was not good. Um, but you know, I thought quickly his performance was really exciting. I thought Obi's effort was really exciting. To have those two guys both play well, both seemingly kind of um, rising to the occasion. Yeah. Um, the crowd really responded to both those guys. Um, that was really cool. So, but, you know, look, it's going to be Trey Young because he, you know, he had all the, the crowd was really on him. He responded. He was great. They couldn't stop him. And then he made the, the you know, he made the big play at the end. And then so shush what, and what else could it be? And then, yeah, yeah, and then just put it right in our faces. And, you know, it's just another the next villain has arrived.
0: I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> has revealed himself. Sports villains. God, it's so nice. Like villain, a villain whose face I could see and hate uh, uh, NBA faces. Oh uh, God. Trey Young Why? is captain of that team now.
1: Why does everybody love torturing us so much?
0: Oh, I know. And I really hate it. I I hate this whole like visiting players love to play at the garden. Like, what do we have to do? We have to do something about that.
1: Yeah, we have to win. It's a win. Yeah,
0: right, 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 <laughs> right.
1: Um, You're right, though. Why is it other crowds like strike fear into players, where for some reason everybody responds to us positively?
0: <laughs> well, you know, I really hate it when when people are like, "Well, you know," because. New York fans are real fans and they respect greatness and and you know great players know how much they're respected when they're in that bit like I don't know I don't respect Trey Young like I get that he's a good player I don't respect him I hate him I right. hate him <laughs> like I hate him
1: Right I didn't I didn't respect Reggie Miller I despised him Right Right yeah. exactly
0: <laughs> like, Get out of here with that stuff Yeah you know, the thing about RJ, too, you were saying they got away from him in the fourth quarter. Again, Like kind of rewatching the first half a little bit today. He missed some early threes, but then he started going to the basket. And he got there every time, you know? It sucked, too, because his first time at the free throw line, he misses that first free throw. And it was, again, it was another instance of, like there's an RJ Barrett chant in the garden when he's up at the line and he misses the first free throw. Right. Right. And like the response wasn't, wasn't like bad. It wasn't like mad at RJ. The response was more like, Oh, like, you know, like, come on, you know, more like begging sort of, but same. Like, why didn't they, I don't know why, especially with how bad Peyton is. and, And, you know, we, we can get into some of the, what to do about that. But like, why can't we run the offense through RJ a little bit more? Like, he can get to the basket. They really weren't stopping him.
1: Yeah, no, and at times they were trying to, like, put Trey Young on him, and it's like, you got to punish that. Like, every yeah. time you see that, like, you got to punish that. And, and, you know, when RJ had that big dunk in the third quarter, you know, like, I nearly jumped out of my living room. Yeah. Um, like, but I no moment did I think, you know, we were going to win more than that little stretch. And, you know, that was a crucial stretch where – we, I think we got up like seven or eight there at the end of the third. Yeah. And freaking Lou Williams made a bunch of like, you know, baskets and we couldn't quite pull it away, pull away there. it looked like we were going to, that was like I thought a pretty key moment in the game where Atlanta was able to stay in it and, you know, then we couldn't quite, we just didn't quite have enough at the end. But you know, the thing is too, like I never felt really like we were actually going to lose the game, you know, like, yeah, Um. I kept thinking like because we led almost the whole fourth quarter, right? Um, but I think you're right. I mean, I think RJ as the lead ball handler and look, maybe um, if they do make a change to the starting lineup, you know, they could do it with that in mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's again, though, it is one of those things where and I don't know, maybe it's more common than I remember because it's been a long time since I've been invested in playoff basketball. But, like, that that hasn't really been RJ's role most of the year. So, like, would that be a crazy thing to see them start doing now at this point?
1: I don't, you know, I don't think so. Because it is, like, in these playoff series, right? Like, you find something that works, you just go to it. Like, yeah. um, it is, you know, you're playing one team. You're not trying to establish a culture or, like, a way of playing. Like, you're playing against this one team. And if you have an advantage like you right. got to press that advantage until it's not an advantage anymore. So I don't think that would be crazy.
0: Yeah, make them have an answer and if they don't then just keep keep, it. keep pounding yeah. it. You know, I heard uh you know, sorry to jump back to Randall for a second. We're kind of just free flowing here on the game, but um Russillo, I heard talking about him and uh and, and and I think he made a good point where like a lot of Randall's game has he's been a ball stopper a lot of the year. He's been really good and he's assisted, but he gets the ball and then it's like he takes his time. He kinda like sets, measures his guy up and then and then goes. And in the playoffs you're just not gonna have that kind of time anymore. You're gonna have to once you get the ball, you kinda have to know what your at least what your initial plan is right there. Um and I think like again, after hearing that and then kind of rewatching it it was like he kind of. I think he kind of realized it. I don't think he didn't didn't do it. I think he was trying to do it, but then his shots were just off because I think right. it's it's just he they doesn't. Sped him up. Yeah, right, right.
1: Yeah, you're right because it's like they're gonna like in a again a series you're playing one team like they're coming after they know you're the guy so they're doubling yeah. you like in a way that they wouldn't necessarily or teams wouldn't in the regular season. Right. Um. So yeah, but I you know I feel confident that Randall is going to make whatever adjustments need and that he's going to, you know, I'd be shocked if he played poorly in game two.
0: Right. I mean, look, he has had a couple bad games this year and he has come back with a vengeance pretty much uh, after each one of them. Um, but I was I was like thinking uh, during, you know, over the course of the game, I was just like, God, I wish, like, kind of just like making a wish, I'm going to unlock my phone right now and I'm going to open up. Uh, the ESPN app, and I'm gonna check the box score of this game, and I'm gonna just hope, even though I pretty much am positive this isn't the case, but I'm gonna hope it's one of those Randall games where I'm watching him and I'm thinking like, oh, Randall's been quiet tonight, and then I look at his stats and I'm like, holy god, like, <laughs> right? God, has that many points, that many assists? Like, geez, but it just that wasn't it.
1: It wasn't. Yeah, no, it wasn't even like one of those games where you score 28 points on 30 shots and like, oh, actually, you know, wasn't a good game. Yeah. But it was, like, no, he scored, like, 15 points on 30 shots. Right, right. <laughs> it was, right. like, really bad. Like, he wasn't getting fouled. He didn't draw. He wasn't getting to the line. Like, he still did his usual work on the boards and, like, was a decent playmaker. But, yeah, I mean, he just – I think he was 6 for 24 or something like that.
0: Yeah. And I would actually points. say we out-rebounded them, which actually I think should really scare Atlanta.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Because they're bigger than us, but we're tougher. You know, like – yeah without a doubt. You know, it's also too, we have sneaky rebounders on it. Like I know they have their bigs, but we have sneaky rebounders out there. Like RJ is actually a sneaky, really good rebounder. OB does a good job when he's in there. Um, but I think that should, that should kind of freak them out a little bit. Um, you know, we're 20, we're about 20 minutes in now. Should we finally, should we get to the, the elephant in the room? Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I get, it's just interesting. I mean, if you read between the lines, right? I mean, Tibbs was as evasive as he's been all year. I mean, he's always defended the guy. He's never, he's never wavered. And this, and yesterday he was as close as he's going to get to being like, yeah, I'm trying something new. <laughs> <laughs> it, it still feels nuts, but like, I don't think you can, I don't think there's any way around it now.
0: No, you can't. I mean. Right, like I, I would say I'm maybe in the top. What do you put me in the top three percent of Elf defenders in New York? Like right. top, top one percent of Elf defenders well, in New York. I don't York. think
1: you've ever defended Elf as much as is tibedo Like just, right, like, yes, his judgment, like that. And I agree with you, like, and I, I don't. I'm not even. I'm, this isn't meant as a criticism of Thibodeau, but it is like the first time where it's like, man you probably wanted to solve this problem. You know, like there, there had to be a way to, to try something right. in those last five games. I don't know. It was tough because we were we were trying to – our spot wasn't secure, so there right. was no way to really, like, do it. Um, But it was amazing how quick, right, that you were like, oh, God. Yeah, right. <laughs> We've made a huge mistake. <laughs> like, whoa.
0: Oh, no. Can't, he can't play in this series. Right. Like, he just can't. But it's also him, like – you know you're right like i don't know what's going on i really was hoping that the week off would give him a little confidence you yeah. know like i don't know maybe all the guys would take him out to a dinner and be like well we need you buddy come on let's I go need
1: you. yeah I yeah
0: know. but you know like
1: are you okay
0: yeah like
1: is everything all right i know he really looks bad out there like just on a human level you are like is everything okay i know it's been a hard year right all, you know like who knows what's going on like he just doesn't he doesn't look up for it you know
0: yeah right and like not into it either not even just yeah. like i'm not good enough to meet this moment like i just like i, I can't, can't i can't, can't do
1: this i can't muster it yeah like it's not in there right now like, yeah you know there was that highlight everybody was kind of showing where he gets beat down the floor by trey young and he just sort of lets him go and you are just like hey man this is like
0: the playoffs right you know like What's going on? Right. But at the same time, I don't think, de- I mean, actually, you know, the thing is, I don't know. I do think we all kind of assume, and I think it's a, a big assumption that's based on some, you know, some, I get why people think this way, but like, are we just assuming Rose can't handle 38 minutes to 40 minutes a game for this playoff stretch? However long it lasts. Like, is that, are we jumping to conclusions there?
1: I think it's more – I think that's part of it. But, I mean, he's playing him a ton of minutes. I think it's just, like, he's been so perfect. You know what I mean? It's like, do I want to do anything with Derrick Rose right now? Right. Like, <laughs> um, he's used to it. His body's used to it. Like, um, I think that's really all that's about. You know – I would be really, inter- I mean, I- I'm totally fascinated. What is the move? You know, like, right. I-, I really don't know. I-, I think the thing I think is that there are answers. You know, I mean, I think we've tried to make it like, oh, it's complicated. Like, I, I think he's got several good options. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. can start Rose. I, You could start Emmanuel quickly. I really believe that. Like, I think that could even give you a lift. Like, you could, we could jump on them early. Crowd might go crazy. He hits an early three. Like, they're not expecting that you know, I think you could start Burks. I think you could start Frank. So I think there really are options there that it's like, you don't have to
0: keep playing that guy. No. And you can't, <laughs> and you really can't like, you can't, you know, because right. tips will have to answer for that. If, if he, if he just keeps starting them. Right. And, uh, and we lose the series. That's going to become a, it's th- going to be a thing for months.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, so, what would your reaction be if you you know you flip on the TV tomorrow night and and they flash the starting lineups there and the, there's Alfred Payton's face staring back at you like what what's the move right
1: there? I don't know. I mean, I guess okay. You know, like all right, we've won a lot of games with that starting lineup. I mean, I don't think I would necessarily panic. You know what I mean? I right. would certainly be surprised, and I would be like, "What's the
0: point?" Right. Like, okay. Like. And all right. Deeply suspicious. <laughs> deeply suspicious. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, like, get Derek ready. Like, maybe he comes in two minutes in. The- <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Hope he's warm. He's loose because he's coming in. Like, um, you know, Rose, you know, to be fair, like, played very well. He did have, like, five pretty big turnovers that all were pretty weird, I thought. Yeah. Um, especially in the second half. In, that, in fact, in that third quarter, when – we were right about to kind of look like take control of the game. He had a few, like, oh. I thought, really costly turnovers. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'm not – not that's not a rationale for, like, playing him less. Um, right. But,
0: but right. You know. we, you could, it could be affecting him. We don't kind of, really, like, really know, you know. And I guess that's what we have to trust Tibbs to know. So, before we get to, like, who is going to replace Elf or who you'd prefer to play Elf and, and whatever, what should the Knicks be – prioritizing like you know frank so that we get a little extra defense on on trey or you know uh more of a scorer like what what if if it's up to you what are we prioritizing
1: yeah i don't know you know i mean if, if i if i was the coach of the knicks i would start quickly um but like what i think i think you and i talked about it like i think the thing that frank does is frank he then he doesn't have to change anything else, you know. Right. And right. you're talking about Frank plays those ten minutes, and it's roughly the same. And Frank just is a little bit he's better defender and maybe and and he and he's shooting it better. He's got more confidence right now. And then every and then everything else I do is pretty much the same. Right. And that's probably that's probably really attractive for tips. Right. Yeah. And right. As, so
0: he he can order his chicken parm with angel hair instead of spaghetti underneath <laughs> right, underneath the chicken, right, you know. Right
1: and then you know he goes he does it's a very simple change whereas if i play quickly then i gotta you know change how i bring in burks and, and everything yeah. and then how i rotate rows and i want to play you know whatever so it's a, it's a cascade of changes that then he has to make um so i could see him doing that but uh i don't know i don't know that there's like a wrong answer you know i just think i think it's a move that's got to get made
0: yeah and I don't know that there's a wrong answer either. I agree that I think. Frankly, what do you do? I'm curious. Like, what's your preferred? <sighs> My preferred.
1: You, you know, know – are sitting in the
0: big chair, Scotty. She. Okay. Well. Scott, I'm so. I'm actually like, at, so from a from a fan's perspective, I I guess I would like Burks, uh, just because. Like, I kind of want to preserve Quickly's role. Um, just because, again, like, same thing, kind of almost like you were saying with uh, Derek Rose. Like, I just don't want to mess with that. It, it's, yeah, yeah. it goes so well. I don't want to mess with that. Uh, I, I, what I like about Burks, you know, he's, he's like a veteran, but he's not old. I think he can handle it. I think he can score. I think he's like, too, he is. I think he puts a lot of stress on defenses because, I, you know, there's something about him where he, the way he moves around and the kind of shots he gets off, I think he just, like, keeps you nervous kind of the whole time. Um, so I guess I would like that. And I think he's been pretty good when he's uh, played, you know, he's run the offense and, and things like that. If I was the actual coach of the Knicks, like, I definitely think that as a coach I have a lot of the same proclivities as as Tibbs and I, I can be very much that way, and I just think, you know, what we know is, you know, the chicken parm stuff. His his creature of habitness, that's one I think, uh, one mark for Frank in the Frank column because, like we said already, it allows him to change very little. But also, Tibbs is very defensive minded, and I'm sure that you know it's not just about. I think when we hear that, sometimes we assume that coaches will over-prioritize one thing over the other. It's just, like, it's the lens through which you see the game. Like, if you're yeah. a defensive person, you're, like, you know, probably you think of left and right differently than offensive coaches because you're thinking about facing the basket versus back to the basket. And, you know, just things like that. And I think that, you know, with Frank's defense, but also uh, I texted it to you guys, you and Matt last night, that B-ball breakdown of what the Knicks were doing defensively. Um was really it was interesting video, but you know I noticed during the game that we weren't helping off the bigs because we were trying to take away that lob um and so we I guess the, the idea was to force uh Trey to shoot some mid-range jumpers and if we're gonna do that and we're not going to help with uh, Nurland's or Taj, you got to have somebody that can at least some of the time stay in front of him and I think that uh Frank gives us the best shot to do that
1: yeah i hear you i think the way we you know it was interesting like it's funny to read about like how and then this is where people now who write about sports have gotten so good where there's all these guys kind of breaking down what happened you know you're like i was watching it i, I thought i found it odd the way they played those pick and rolls like they yeah. let trey young get so deep yeah and and the the like noel and whoever was playing center they were backing off like they seemed so worried about those lobs and him dishing off to shooters. But I thought, I feel like as I've read about it, like the plan makes sense, but the execution, like Peyton, like, and I didn't Peyton, he didn't really play that much to be fair, but like they just made it too easy for him to turn the corner and get into the paint. Right. And then they backed off too much. Like they just didn't quite execute whatever the plan was. I, I think you'll definitely see an adjustment there. And Frank could be like, I could see him, you know, just a guy who can make that no matter what, make turning that corner harder than anybody else they have
0: well right and also like what's you know what's harder to kind of rework an entire defensive game plan that you were able to work on for a whole week or just plug in a guy who you feel could help you execute that plan better like right it's a lot easier to do the latter than the former so um i i sort of think that's the direction we're headed in what do you think about tips putting in frank cold for that last last play of the game
1: <laughs> yeah you know it's funny because it's like t- i mean it's tough, right? I mean, it's tough to throw – I get it. Like, who else Who else would I rather have had out there? Like, it just seemed like there was a lot of confusion in that whole – you know, they only had four guys at first, and then Frank looked like he didn't know exactly who he was supposed to guard, and then it's like, oh, I'm guarding the best player who's having an amazing <laughs> game, and I have to stop him. Um, it was a shame, though, right? I mean, all this – talk. I mean, Frank – you know, as part of me wants him to start Frank just so, like, let's just – Let's do it. You know, Frank, here it is, buddy. Like, are you worth anything at all? Like, do we have to ever consider you again? You know, like that was a big moment for him. And he just got cooked and really made a terrible play. Like, (laughs) you know, he had Taj on the inside and he, and instead he totally bought, you know what I mean? He did. It was like, don't let him go right. You have help on the, uh, if he tries to go left. Yeah. But on the other hand, yeah, he comes off the bench. He hasn't played all game and he's got a guard, like the best player on the floor.
0: Right. I, I mean, he did well at the end of the half when they asked him to do it. Yeah. So he's done, and
1: he's done. He's done well. You know, they've done, they've asked him to do it a
0: lot. It's not like the first time he's done that. Right. So. Right. That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. Right. I would love to, if we could settle, if we could just win this series and settle the Frank debate all at once, that would just be the best case scenario. So let's just do that.
1: Let's do it. Right. Let's do it. Put him out there. And
0: what what do you got, Frank? This is it, pal. It's now or never. Make it happen, Frank. Right. I mean, Dude, what happened, sucked. though, when he got out there? Why was he panicking? I wanted the cameras to zoom out so we could see what else was happening. It's like he came on the floor. You would have thought, like, if he's on the floor, he's there to guard Trey. Like, you would, I would assume that. Like, why else were right. we putting him in the game other than that? But it's like he ran out on the floor and was immediately jumping with his arms in the air like, Like, what do I do? Yeah,
1: where am I supposed to be? I know. Like, why? I I don't get how there could be confusion there. Like, who else are you coming into guard? Right. 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 Who else am I worried about scoring? Nobody. not putting you in there to check Capella. Like, come on. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, like, I guess similar vein. Like, what do you think of the last play?
0: What on earth are we doing? What I mean, we've been really bad about that all year, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what that was. At first, I thought like, oh, I'm I'm really happy to see quickly out there, and then right. as soon as uh, Burks got the ball, quickly just ran to the far corner. So it was just like, well, obviously it's it's not him.
1: It's there to move guys out of the way, yeah. Right.
0: And Taj was, like, somehow right next to Randall. So something also must have gotten messed up. Because why were those two, like, basically standing next to one another?
1: Yeah, I mean, the whole play, just, you know, I, I didn't like any part of it. <laughs> yeah. Burkson bounding the ball, right. trying to get it to Randall, who was having a terrible game. And trying to go, I would have got, tried to get a quick three. He only had .9 seconds, like. Right you know you didn't have time to like make a move or you just had time to catch and shoot like i would have tried to get randall burks or quickly a three-pointer and win the game yep um but i don't know what do i know you know that's it's hard to like be so critical um you know but it, it was a strange play and you know when it's poorly executed it just looks so bad too so sometimes right that stuff probably looks worse than it
0: is but it was odd yeah it was it was odd to say the least what uh, where was our, our dear, sweet Reggie? What happened to him? I know.
1: I know. He was bad, you know?
0: He was bad. He was. I mean, I guess that's like the same in the
1: Randall thing, right? Okay, Reggie played terrible. RJ shot it poorly from three. Right. Reggie may, we couldn't hit a three-pointer. Like, if, if RJ and Reggie hit two threes, you know, we win. Yeah. So that's in the positive sign. I, I mean, I think Reggie Bullock will play well. You know, I think he's another guy. I think he'll have a big game in game two
0: yeah i hope so so Uh, i'm not worried about that how worried are you that despite everything game one becomes a covid super spreader
1: (laughs) i'm not that worried you know i don't know the cases are dropping fast most of the people are vaccinated in there I don't know. I think it seems – you know, the deaths are going way down. Like, uh, everything yeah, – I think I think we're okay there. I really do. And it's nice. I mean, how lucky that it – you know, yeah. game one, COVID ended in time for game one of the <laughs> Knicks resurgence. Like, what a break.
0: I know. I'm grateful to both the Knicks and the fans and the Garden because I do feel like it's a good – test case like usually I'm incredibly resentful of the fans that get to go to the playoff games I myself have never been to an NBA playoff game I'm resentful of the people that get to be there that's just who I am I'm a petty person what do you want from me um but I I didn't feel that resentment to these folks because I figured they're like kind of the guinea pigs right like like an indoor a big indoor crowd is just the number one worst thing you could possibly do so we're just – we're getting right at it. We're going right, to find let's out. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, you're right. It's a nice experiment
0: the NBA is running. And, right. uh, yeah, we all get to find out. And I'm happens. glad I'm not one of the lab rats, but right. there are some.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And they want to be time. there. They're not like yeah. – you know, usually we try to turn poor people into lab rats as, right. like, as a society, not not you and me specifically. But, uh, but so, yeah, it was nice that, that maybe some rich folks got to be the lab rats this time that's true yeah hopefully no one gets hurt right (laughs) right i don't want anybody i don't want anything bad to happen to anybody but um well i don't know on to game two i guess any other thoughts
1: no you know i still think it's it's gonna be a really good series and look we could lose you know i think we have to accept that um i still feel good i still feel like i i expect a big response in game two um, and if, if we're talking next week and, and we haven't gotten a good response, I'll be, that would be very disappointing, but I, I don't, I suspect the next time we talk, we're, we'll still be in the middle of a real fight.
0: I to- I agree with you. And I think as, uh, Bruce Arians, Super Bowl champion likes to say no risk it, no biscuit. If, <laughs> if, if it wasn't possible for us to lose this series, then the joy that we feel on an RJ dunk, on an OB dunk, on a quickly three, would not be the same.
1: You're right. No, it wouldn't feel as sweet if yeah. it wasn't at risk. Right. Yeah. We need
0: the stakes because yeah. I would be crushed. Oh, uh, heartbroken. Right. I just can't have this season end. like I, I, Even win, lose, or draw, the season's winding down. And I know. It is weird, like, especially you, me, and Matt have been on this, like, group text. This is just daily, like, hundreds of texts going back and forth for, like, four months now. And that's just going to be, like, like, you know, it's going to be a miss it. Right,
1: that's true. Right. Oh, God. To say goodbye to the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: all right. Well, actually, I should do a read here, shouldn't I? It's been a, It's been a minute here. All right, you're listening to Giants Among Men on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you for listening. Your support keeps us going. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been for so many, 2020 was a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. RFB is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax-deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. So uh, I I feel like you had a, a different and, and more, more joyful sporting experience on Sunday, and uh, I know you wanted to talk about that, so why don't you break it down for us?
1: I did. It was a great sports day, right? We had, yeah. you know, the PGA and then the Knicks playoffs. Um, yeah, I, I thank you for indulging my golf fandom. Uh, no, <laughs> um, but it was a historic PGA. Um, as you know, I will say this. As, as the day started, I am not a Phil Mickelson fan. Um, and so the day was like my nightmare leaderboard. Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka the top of the leaderboard with Bryson DeChambeau in the hunt. Just like not a lot of, not a lot of options out there for Brian D to root for. (laughs) Phil's like one of those athletes too, where like, I think I get why people do like him, you know, like, I think I get it, but I just, it's just not for me.
0: Well, so I was, I, I actually wanted to ask you like, what's the profile of a Phil fan? What makes someone a Phil fan? It just seems like a weird choice overall to, to be a Phil guy.
1: I don't know. You know, look, he's got a really fun game to watch, right? He's like really talented. He's got, he, you know, he's, he's in trouble. He's like, he gets out of trouble. Great imagination. The short game's unbelievable. The flop shots, you never know what he's going to do. You know, he's, he's always at risk of kind of exploding or playing or shooting 61. He's just like, so he's fun to watch he's got sort of a winning personality i guess like i <laughs> i know people find him amusing i don't find him very funny <laughs> and i find his, his sense of humor to be rather irritating and his personality to be sort of grating but i get why people like find him entertaining you know so you know and look i think that most people don't like that this is part of it like i think being the best white golfer in the Tiger Woods era was a very <laughs> lucrative uh, uh, position to be. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. I think true. that was a very uh, nice perch for someone to occupy, and Phil occupied it, and that is his role. That's very so true. So I always, he was the anti-Tiger, which I always bristled at, and there was this, like, forcing of this rivalry between the two, um, even though Tiger was so much better than Phil. And I, that always bothered me. But so I found myself really rooting for Phil over Brooks Kepka. And I will tell you why. And why I was very happy that Phil, in fact, got this victory over Brooks Kepka specifically. Because Phil, in this win, by getting this win, he gets a sixth major, becomes the oldest major champion. He jumps. He absolutely jumps like a level in the pantheon, the stratosphere of golf. He's, he's like He's in a different class now. This is like a really special accomplishment. And he belongs like he belongs there. He is a guy who was known a little bit more for like blowing the U.S. Open, never winning it, took him forever to win his first major. You know, he kind of had that stink on him. And now you look at him and he won three Masters. He won a British Open. He's won two PGA. He's he's the he's the youngest person to win a PGA Tour event and the oldest person to win a major like those are. and, And he belongs there like he is that good and what bugs and what bugs me about brooks is like he's a world class player, he's a hall of fame golfer, he's won the four majors, he's been in a ton of majors, he's a very good player. I think people really underestimate how much better of a career and player Phil Mickelson is than a Brooks Kepka. So Phil now has 6 majors, Brooks Kepka has 4 majors, you say, "Oh, like they're close." That was Phil Mickelson's 45th pga tour win wow brooks kepka has eight wow so you can tell me that brooks kepka might win two more majors and and tie phil he's not winning 37 more pga tour events right that's a freaking ton and like what's always bugged me about brooks kepka is like his major thing is super impressive But when he gets he and he has this super chip on his shoulder and you just want to be like, dude, the reason people don't put you in that class is because you don't win like those other guys win. Like, you know, like the guys who are like Vijay Singh, for instance, who's, you know, was a great player. He has three majors. He has 34 PGA tour wins. Like that's a ton of winning and winning matters. Like, That, you know, Ernie Els has, like, 19 PGA Tour wins, 28 European wins. Like, those types of guys, that's what it takes to be that kind of player. Like, you can't just show up. And, and like, look, if he wins seven, eight majors, like, you're going to put him in that Pantheon. But, like, I just, to me, it's like, Phil, it was a cool win for Phil to kind of, I think he deserves to be in this upper echelon like he is a great great player like and i think people underestimate how great a career he's really had because he's had some of these like slips and falls um and a guy like kepka if you want to be in that class like you have a lot of work to do like you can't just your career doesn't stand on its own at this point you're in a you're in a different tier like you're a great player you're a hall of fame golfer you're like um but if you want to be in that that group like you've got a lot of winning to do
0: Right, it's not just the majors; it's also just the grind. That yeah, yeah. All right, of and putting great in the players, time.
1: they win everywhere. They win every different types of golf courses. Like they, you know, you want to be a dominant player. A dominant player wins four or five times in a single season. Like that's what it is. You know, that's uh, how you really make your mark. You know, it's like um, it's sort of like these players in other sports who maybe have had great playoffs, but. You know, they what you know what I mean? And yeah. you don't think of them the same way. Like, it's not just how you do in the big moments. Like, are you great all the time?
0: Right. Or some uh, of these like even I, in my head, I was thinking more of like, you know, there there have been some great NBA teams. But then you have like the that Bull season and that Warriors season where they won 70 whatever games and uh, and then even that uh, Miami season, where what was that winning streak? Was it like twenty nine games or something like ridiculous? Yeah, yeah. Like those teams are a little different than, say, your other championship teams, because there was something in there where like even though they were in the middle of a pretty kind of just like unassailable run. They were also just committed to the grind of the season, like we're not resting guys, we're not doing like we're going out and playing every game.
1: Right, and that's like true dominance. That's right, like you are a re- you are above the pack. You are better than your peers. Like, and it's not to say Brooks isn't an elite elite player because he is, but you know, his game is well suited to the U.S. Open and the PGA. And that's not to like take anything away from him. I just think that's a fact. And you know, if you really want to be like, you don't want to be. You know, if you will someday, like, if you want to be. Have the crowd swallow you up like that. Like, that's what it takes. Like, you know, there's nothing – there's no joy to that guy. There's just – he's just this arrogant jerk, you know, who's, like, has this thing of, like, I'm going to go out there. I'm the Terminator. All right, if you're Mr. Tough Guy, like, beat 50-year-old Phil Mickelson at the PGA when he's melting down on the back line. And, like, Phil was shaky there. Yeah. He was ripe for someone to put some pressure on him. And, like, don't start my knee. (laughs) They – Hit my knee. You know, that, I mean, that also, I mean, I could, I watched that clip like 200 times. It's like, yeah, it would have been cool, <laughs> but if it didn't ding my knee. <laughs> yeah.
0: You think I care? I don't care. You think I care? Yeah,
1: right. So it was cool, right? Did you think it was cool? Right. Or you said you thought you agree it was
0: cool? That was one of the most pathetic loser <laughs> press conferences I've ever seen. That was so bad. That was just like it you're really you're like an annoying eleven year old.
1: Yeah. The only thing I do like I appreciate about Brooks Kepka is how much he hates Bryson and DeChambeau and how much it's like yeah, so written all over his face. What and is that beef? Really what
0: is that over?
1: Like I I don't know. They just don't like each other, and you want to be like you're both awful.
0: Like. <laughs> You're both a nightmare. So you don't know what the origin of that little that beef is. I don't. You know, it's like they've just
1: been criticizing each other in the media. Like I think I think Brooks has a thing about Bryson because Bryson gets a lot of attention, and he feels like again he feels like he's a better player than DeChambeau. and Deschambault is the kind of the talk of the town because he's hitting it so far.
0: Um, so Brooks's deal is kind of like, oh, like nothing is enough like why doesn't why isn't there more love for me
1: absolutely okay. like why am I like I mean you know someone was like to ask him about Rory McIlroy and he was like well Rory McIlroy he hasn't won any majors since I started winning majors and it's like okay he has the same number of majors as you and by the way he's won twice as many golf golf tournaments as you like he's better than you right <laughs> and guess what people like him like right. I, you know when the next time Rory wins a major there's going to be a gallery on the 18th green who's singing and caroling about it. And cause they like him. Right. Whereas when you win your next one, yeah, you know, Brooks, you gotta, you know, it's a grudging, like, okay, he played great. You know, no doubt about it.
0: Um, I feel like I Brooks know. and Bryson, though, should be friends. Like both of them have stupid names. I agree. Both of them. You seem to hate their style of play. <laughs> and, yeah, I just feel like they should be friends. I I thought you were going to know the story. I thought it was like a publicly known story and just because I don't really follow golf that much that that that's why I didn't know. But I was sort of hoping that they used to be best friends and then they <laughs> had some sort of like Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels style falling out where, you know, Bryce and D Shambo they were all, like about to putt on the 18th green and Bryce kicks him in the face like sweet chin music. That sort of I know that didn't happen, but that's
1: that's no, what, what, what is, I was hoping for golf is in this nice little spot where there are these like good, there's this like good guy group and bad guy group where there's like, <laughs> you know, Jordan Spieth and Rory and Justin Thomas who are kind of likable and really good. And then there's like Bryson and Brooks who are sort of the villains. Like it, so it feels like wrestling right now. I mean, at the end of the day, they're all dorky white guys, which is a little <laughs> bit of a problem. But, but Otherwise it's like a nice little wrestling thing that golf has set up right now. Um, but it was just great. I was just great to have Brooks have to, like, he got swallowed by that crowd. And actually, <laughs> yeah. they, shoved it. they didn't even care he was there. And it's like, yeah, man, they don't. He was like, yeah, nobody give a shit. It's like, yeah, nobody gave
0: a Nobody, yeah,
1: right. They didn't care who you, they didn't care. They wanted like, get out the way, bitch, because I want to go see Phil Wynn's thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares, Brooks. That was
0: great. Was it somebody from CBS tweeted, I think what what it, it was, some. I wish I had it up now in front of me, but it was something like uh, you have the, the top two guys in this tournament are paired together, One like, from two different generations. Like, one has a ridiculous outfit and midlife crisis facial hair, and it's not the 50-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great.
1: I know. Just that scowl on the guy's face. God. You know, the other part of why I was rooting for Phil is, like, you know how, like, towards the end of, tom brady's career you've started to sort of find yourself rooting for him yeah. just because it, it it only elevates uh eli it's like with phil like he you know you start to really realize i mean 45 pga tour wins six majors and then like phil's game like everybody's freaking out about bryson dechambeau and his length the guy who had the longest drive of the week was phil wow 50 years old piped a 366 yard drive on one of the par fives wow so like you just realize how talented that guy is. And then you go back and think how much better than him. Tiger was like so much better than him, like <laughs> twice as good as him. And, you know, I think it's just going to make people kind
0: of understand like even more how great that guy is. Like, so you've managed to find joy in a Phil win by, by what it will, how it will bolster, bolster uh tiger's legacy exactly yeah well that is that is just like brady
1: i do think phil you know i think he ascended to a place in the game that he ultimately deserves like he he's that talented his career you know he has some really tough losses there that'll haunt him but he's in that you know he's arnold palmer He's uh, Tom Watson. He's in that class. He's not with these other guys. He's not with Brooks Kepka. Brooks is, you know, he's not with uh, David Duval. You know, he's on another tier, and he he earned that.
0: Yeah. Well, hats off Phil. You know, I've never been a Phil guy either. Again, not a not a golf guy, but right. I think because he was the, the white the white knight versus Tiger. Right. That it was he's just so, like I just love like, God.
1: You know. There's so many things that people like like that you just sometimes you make you feel like you're on a different you're just seeing the world through totally different eyes you know like well, even like Jim Nance people you know God I'm so sick of Jim Nance I feel like <laughs> God,
0: I had it with that guy. It is <sighs> funny though because you know we've talked about this. There are sports Democrats and sports Republicans where it's like you know there were Giants fans that didn't like Eli Manning. And you're just like, what do you like? Like, what is your, like, what do you enjoy about the Giants? Yeah, no, it's true. It
1: is. It's the same thing. But you're right. Like, Phil, I just, I sort of get it. But he's
0: not for me. He's not not for me. (laughs) That's not in your wheelhouse. What uh, What did Bryson say to Brooks when he was walking behind him for that meme? was do we know
1: Uh, no he i don't even think he said anything he just happened to walk through right as as brooks was trying to do the interview oh okay and he just was like rolled his eyes and was just like oh this guy and then couldn't remember what he was talking about (laughs) you gotta watch it it is i've seen it it's unbelievable i I do love how much he hates him it's really funny (laughs) i mean i hate him too I, i don't blame him for that one but you know Brooks, like, look, look, Brooks Kepka, it's all there for you, man. If you want this love that you claim, like, you got to you know, it's on you, man. Yeah. Like, be this dude. Be the Terminator. Be the killer that, like, you know, like, you got to win all the time. <laughs> then people will respect you. Right. And they'll, you'll be undeniable. Right now, there's, there's a reason you don't get, you know, you don't get that love.
0: Yeah, I guess, too, if you're a Brooks fan – and you're you're probably a fan of brooks because he wins the majors and that means you're probably the kind of golf fan that's only really paying attention to the majors but right. then also probably not the kind of golf fan that's actually at a PGA tour event that could mob you if you had a big win so that's the problem you're courting the wrong votes right <laughs>
1: Oh man, what I wonder what I wonder would that be like to get swallowed by a, a crowd for somebody else when you're having a horrible day? <laughs> yeah, it was must- right. Be unbelievable. He couldn't even get through. I mean, it took they had to wait for a minute. They're like, Brooks is still, and he was just like, uh, my knee!" <laughs> 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 oh god, just delicious, it's uh, delicious Sunday.
0: All right, so we have just about a minute or so left. So I, I'm going to tell the fans that uh, your son celebrated his birthday. On Sunday, it was a nice little party. It was a very a lovely gathering. Uh, I got your son an MMA wrestling dummy uh, <laughs> because it just screamed him to me. Yeah. Uh Is he still into it? Is he still fighting with it?
1: Loving it. Shirtless. He likes to take the shirt. He has to take a shirt so off. So that's
0: not a coincidence because you guys have told us that. But that's not a. Co- he does that intentionally.
1: Oh yeah, because it's like I'm <laughs> in wrestling mode. Get the shirt off. <laughs> And then he gets embarrassed when you find him with his shirt off. And I'm like, Nate, it's okay. Right, embrace it. Right, it's not weird for you to have a, be shirtless in your own home.
0: Right. <laughs> it's okay. Don't be a never dude. You have a beautiful body. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. All right. We need a big win tomorrow night, Brian. We need we a big win. What will be your emotional state if we're down 2 0? just despondent right maybe we, despondent. we'll we cancel the show don't even yeah, do I, it. Don't,
1: I don't know what we'll do
0: yeah i don't know
1: i think next week we'll be talking we'll be really tense it'll be another powerhouse show we'll be into it
0: we're gonna be all systems go all systems go let's go julius randall let's go Knicks. let's go new york Here we go, everybody. Go, New York. Go, go, go,
1: go, We're back. Hey, we're back.
0: All right, folks. That's all we got for you today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Follow us on social media, Giants Among Men podcast, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org.